0: This is African News Tonight on The Voice of America. Hello and welcome. Welcome to African News Tonight from the English to Africa service of The Voice of America, your source for pan-African news and world developments. I'm Yehyes Wuhib in Washington. Coming up on African News Tonight... What we seek most of all is a true partnership between
1: the United States and Africa. We don't want an imbalanced or transactional
0: relationship. That's U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken on U.S. strategy on Africa moving forward. Details coming up. Also, the African National Congress will have to decide whether to keep the current president in power. A protection site for internally displaced persons in South Sudan faces severe overcrowding. And Morocco prepares for the World Cup semifinals. We'll have these stories and more on African News tonight. But first, our top story. Each new U.S. administration develops priorities on how it will conduct its foreign policy with Africa. Shortly after his inauguration, President Joe Biden announced America is back, signaling a closer engagement with the international community and a renewed commitment to Africa. Zoe Ludaki has more
2: afrocentric and multilateral is how political analysts characterize the white house's strategy towards africa the u.s strategy for sub-saharan africa as it is called emphasizes the role of the private sector in economic development in health infrastructure finance clean energy climate change and education u.s secretary of state Anthony Blinken unveiled the new strategy at the University of Pretoria in South Africa back in August.
1: What we seek most of all is a true partnership between the United States and Africa. We don't want an imbalanced or transactional relationship. And-
2: Bob Wekesa is the deputy director at the African Center for the Study of the United States at the University of Witwatersrand in Johannesburg.
3: Uh, The re-engagement with the African continent is uh, quite robust compared to the Trump administration.
2: Proof of this robust engagement with the continent is the U.S.-Africa Summit, scheduled to take place in Washington, D.C., December 13th through 15th, with the participation of 49 African leaders and the African Union. But what are the outcomes that Africans are looking to achieve?
3: Africans are likely to arrive there with a major economic agenda. Africa needs lots of uh, infrastructure development. It's one of the least connected continents in the world, even just in terms of road, rail uh, and seaports. Not talking about other forms of communication such as uh, digital infrastructure, you know, information and communication technologies.
2: China has been very effective in spearheading major infrastructure projects in a number of African countries. And that raises the issue of whether the United States can compete effectively.
3: I think the US can compete, uh, and its failure to compete at this point in time has largely been a lack of strategy.
2: This time, The United States intends to promote co-financing of the private sector in energy, health and digital connectivity.
3: Even when the U.S. government gets involved in um, trade and economics relations with the African continent, it lets its private sector be in the driver's seat. So I think uh, the U.S. government is likely to uh, pursue an agenda in which there is a conducive environment for American businesses Uh, to thrive on the African continent.
2: Another issue that African leaders are interested in renegotiating is the African Growth and Opportunity Act, started by the Bush administration in 2001. But this time, African leaders want to be at the negotiating table.
3: The Africans are saying, AGOA was passed by Congress unilaterally, without really involvement of Africans on the discussion the negotiation table. Any new arrangement between Africa and the U.S. should factor in uh, African interests, particularly those that are led by the um, African Union.
2: Analysts and Africa's leaders are welcoming this effort of re-engagement between the United States and the continent. Zoe Liudaki, VOA News, Washington.
0: Cameroon lawmakers say they have high expectations for the U.S.-Africa Leaders Summit that begins tomorrow in Washington. They hope the U.S. will agree to prosecute more than 200 leaders of the Western Cameroon separatist movement currently living in the United States. Lawmakers also want Cameroon's readmittance into the U.S. African Growth and Opportunity Act. Moki Edwin Kinzeka reports from Cameroon's capital, Yaounde.
4: Emmanuel Nsalai is an American-based human rights lawyer of Cameroonian origin. He wants the U.S. to file charges against separatist members hiding in America while sponsoring terrorism in Cameroon. Nsalai says the vast majority of people who raise funds to buy weapons for separatist forces in Cameroon's western regions are based in the U.S., We have filed criminal complaints against close to 200 major Ambazonian separatist activists, all the major leaders in the U.S. of the Ambazonia Governing Council, and also filed criminal complaints against about a dozen of their non-profit organizations that they created to finance this separatist Ambazonian terrorism and violent crimes. Ambazonia is the name armed groups want to give to an English-speaking state they hope to break off from Cameroon and its French-speaking majority. The conflict since 2017 has killed 3,500 people and displaced 750,000 according to the UN. Cameroon's government has for years been urging the US and Europe to crack down on separatists operating outside the country. The separatists say they also want the U.S. Department of Justice to convict people they say have used the separatist crisis to create armed gangs that steal an abduct for ransom. On November 28, the U.S. Department of Justice announced it had arrested and charged three Cameroonian-born U.S. citizens with conspiracy to provide material support to a conspiracy to kidnap persons and use weapons of mass destruction in Cameroon. Lawmakers on Monday also said they would like the U.S. military to help Cameroonian troops fighting Boko Haram terrorism on the Central African state's northern border with Nigeria. In 2016, Cameroon said the U.S., provided warplanes and drones that gave vital information to Cameroon's military against Boko Haram. But in March 2019, the 100 U.S. troops stationed in the northern town of Garua pulled out of Cameroon. Cameroon is also seeking improved business ties with the U.S. Katie Edmond is an economist at the University of Douala in Cameroon.
0: The volume of
4: chance the United He says the volume of U.S. goods trade in Cameroon dropped from about $531 million in 2010 to $130 million in 2019. He says because of gross human rights abuses, former U.S. President Donald Trump excluded Cameroon from the African Growth and Opportunity Act. Agua, which constitutes the cornerstone of trade relations between the United States and Africa. Agoa accords tax-free treatment on almost all products exported by the beneficiary countries of sub-Saharan Africa towards the United States. Keite says to boost its economy, crippled by Russia's war in Ukraine, Cameroon should negotiate its readmission into Agoa during this week's U.S. Africa Leaders Summit. Cameroon blames of a dependency on petroleum and with imports from Russia and Ukraine for economic hardships this year. Delegations from more than 40 countries are attending the 3-day summit. Cameroon is represented by a delegation led by 89-year-old President Paul Biya. Biya is making his first trip outside the country since May when he went to Europe for a suspected medical check. Moki Edwin Kinzuka for VOA News, Yaounde, Cameroon.
0: You're listening to African News Tonight on The Voice of America, a protection site for internally displaced persons in South Sudan is is facing severe overcrowding following an influx of new arrivals. The site, which is protected by UN peacekeepers and designed to host 12,000 people, now has more than... 37,000 occupants as thousands more continue to be uprooted by violence in Upper Nile State. Sheila reports from Juba, South Sudan.
5: The fighting that sparked the influx is between two armed groups in Upper Nile State in northeastern South Sudan. The violence around villages in Kodok and Fashoda counties has raged for months. And has claimed the lives of more than 4,000 people. Another 20,000 have been displaced. Paul Awan, the relief and rehabilitation coordinator in Nai State, describes the situation as a massacre which is unfolding amid floods.
4: Where there's a lot of deaths, uh, children die in water and those who have in serious massacre and uh, you know when people like heal a lot of them, so they take time to collect those bodies and the ball now what in the water on the bush and also the worst part is that even the burning the crisis
5: caught up in the fighting are defenseless civilians like lucia oluka oluka says she and her eight children had to trek for seven days to reach safety. Others were not able to escape. Wadi Jarim, for example, left behind her injured husband. She says, We ran to the bush without knowing where we are going, where there is no food, no water. She says, We just sit under the tree, no place for sleeping, and we have stayed in the bush for five months now. The swelling numbers of civilians escaping the violence is now straining resources at the United Nations Protection of Civilian Site in the town of Malakal. The protection camp in Malakal, which was designed to hold 12,000 people, is now at three times its capacity. Those who cannot be accommodated here are being forced to cross to neighboring Sudan, a country already crippling with high number of refugees. Charlotte Halvis is the UNHCR External Relations Officer in South Sudan. She says, A thousand people have arrived at the camp in the last week. The new arrivals are occupying schools in the camp. But she says these are now full. Uh, there is a shortage of, of many things in the camp. Um, delivery of humanitarian services is, is difficult in, in, in these conditions. Um, as you know, across the country, um, deliveries of humanitarian aid have been slowed down by the inaccessibility of roads and also armed conflict in, in this state. So those arriving are seeking refuge in the POC, those who can come to Malakal. Some are also seeking refuge in Malakal City. Uh, but those unable to make it are seeking refuge in other towns, along, uh, other villages along the river. Um, and many of those wishing to flee are unable to, again, because of the, uh, the, the flooding and the need for boats and canoes to, to reach safety. The humanitarian community in South Sudan has strongly condemned the ongoing violence in Nile State, saying the insecurity is hindering partners from saving those displaced by the fighting. Sheila for VOA News, Juba, South Sudan.
0: South Africa's ruling African National Congress is kicking off its party conference this week amid a leadership crisis and a dwindling public support. The divided party will have to decide whether to keep the current president in power, a decision that could drastically change the political landscape in the country. Linda Giftash reports from Johannesburg.
6: In the township of Soweto, where South Africa's ruling African National Congress, or ANC, penned its first draft of the country's post-apartheid constitution, residents say they feel like they've been forgotten by the party. Aged government housing has been crumbling, and a fire earlier this year wiped out several homes. Roughly 20 families have been relocated, not to brick-and-mortar homes, but to corrugated iron shacks that have no water or electricity. 62-year-old Martha Meyer is among the residents
2: us here, and now nobody come and look after us. It's
6: raining, and the wind blows the roofs and everything. And they said, must take our own money to fix it. The replacement of brick homes with tin shacks is emblematic of the failures of the ANC to provide basic services. Residents like Meyer said. It’s why she and many others have stopped supporting the party that won them freedom from racial segregation nearly 30 years ago.
2: do just and sit in the office and sit
6: and is no good the The declining support for the party is worrying as it holds its leadership conference this Friday. President Cyril Ramaphosa is facing contestation for party and country leadership amid a scandal over his handling of large sums of foreign currency stolen from his prize game farm. But in Soweto, community activist Griselda Swartz says most people don't care whether Ramaphosa survives or is replaced.
5: People still feel that it's the same party, it's the same people, it's the same principle. So it boils down to... The same people working in the same offices, even though they change the leadership position.
6: University of Pretoria political scientist Roland Henwood warns the ousting of Ramaphosa would be disastrous for the party that is eyeing the 2024 general election.
0: With Mr. Ramaphosa, it is possible that they can get 50% plus. Without him, it is unlikely. On average, Mr. Ramaphosa is 10 to 12 percentage points more likable and gets more support than the party itself.
6: Regardless of whether Ramaphosa survives, a bigger political crisis is underway due to the disengagement of voters. Henwood says less than half of eligible voters cast a ballot in the most recent polls. What we see in South Africa is what we call industrial-scale
0: corruption. This is not small thieving that is happening. This is looting the resources of the country on a grand scale. And that is why you see the disillusionment
6: Probably what would need to happen is a different approach from a new leader. Within the ANC, Henwood says there's no obvious alternative to Ramaphosa on the ticket, with many other party members also tainted by corruption scandals. How the party decides to move forward will be determined when the conference ends December 20th. Linda Giftash for VOA News Johannesburg.
0: And now for World Cup. Highlights, standing by, is the host of VOA's The Sunny Side of Sports, Sunny Young. Sporty welcome to Africa News Tonight, Sunny.
1: Sporty World <laughs> Cup, greetings, Yahya. It's always good to be on Africa News Tonight.
0: Four teams, Argentina, Croatia, France and Morocco, remain in Qatar, each still hoping to lift the trophy in a week's time. Sunny, it's a semi-final lineup few could have predicted, but one with plenty of intriguing storylines which will definitely play out over the coming days.
1: Intriguing storylines indeed, Yehais. Uh We do have a couple of familiar faces, you might say, in this semifinal lineup. Uh, Croatia and France battled for the trophy four years ago in Russia with the French prevailing uh, by a score of four goals to two. Uh, Croatia will be in action in the first semifinal on Tuesday evening against Argentina. And uh, I, I think all uh, the, the both, both semifinals, I think they'll both be close. Uh, the Moroccans, as we've, as, as we've talked about on Africa News tonight, their defense has been spectacular. Uh, they've conceded only one goal. Uh, and that was an own goal against Canada. Uh, now they'll go up against a very high-powered French lineup led by Kylian Mbappe, who has scored five goals already uh, in this World Cup. But as we uh, before that match, though, as I mentioned, Croatia will play Argentina, and I think one of the one of the storylines, one of the intriguing storylines, Jahaes, will be at midfield. Uh, you'll have uh, superstar Lionel Messi uh, controlling the ball on one side, and he'll be uh, opposed by Luka Modric. Uh, He is uh, sort of the aging star for Croatia, 37 years old, but it was only four years ago, Yehais, that Modric won the Ball and Door Trophy uh, as the best footballer in the world. Uh, Still a very skilled player, and – the Croatian coach, Dalic, uh, he has said that he knows that Argentina is a terrific team led by Messi. Uh, I, I, I consider this one a 50-50 matchup, yeah, Yes, I think it could go either way. Uh, Croatia wants to get back to the final. It has a lot to prove. And Argentina, of course, with Messi, uh, Messi hoping to lift that World Cup trophy for the first time.
0: And Sonny, um uh can can France go back to back? Good
1: question, Yehaeas. Uh I, I did go out on the line in uh in Morocco's last match against against uh Portugal, and I predicted a victory by the Atlas Lions. I don't know if I want to be quite so bold ahead of Wednesday's <laughs> matchup. This French team is very good. And uh I, th- I think they do want to repeat Yehais. Uh And on that note, it's been 60 years. That's right, 60 years since the team uh, last won back-to-back World Cup trophies. Uh, and Pele was a part of that team, that Brazilian team that won back-to-back titles in 1958 and 1962. I think France is entirely capable of repeating yeah, but I can't count out the Moroccans at this point, Yeah. Exactly. I simply can't. Their 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 defense has kept them in each and every match in uh Qatar and uh I think it's gonna be a close match on Wednesday evening.
0: And like no opposition player scoring against Morocco, nobody has so far in Qatar. That that That's that right. tells a lot about That's... their steely defense.
1: And if we're talking uh, the Moroccan defense, uh, Yahia, I, I think we do need to give a shout out for their goalkeeper, uh, Bono. Uh, Bounou, Yous- Youssef <laughs> Uh yes, He yes. has been probably the anchor of that Moroccan defense uh, at this World Cup. And uh, one, uh, the head coach of Morocco, Walid uh, Regregate, he does have some injury concerns. Ahead of Wednesday evening semifinal, uh, his captain uh, Ro- Romain Stelis, uh he 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 had a he was stretched out of the match against Portugal with a leg injury, and it's not clear at this point whether he will uh, be fit for the match uh, against the French on Wednesday evening.
0: And Sonny Hakimi versus uh, Mbappe, who wins that battle?
1: Wow, what a matchup, Yahia. Uh yeah, Hakimi Mbappe. Uh I will say Mbappe has support from none other than the Brazilian great uh, Ronaldo. Uh mm-hmm. ahead of this semifinal. uh he has predicted that Mbappe uh will win the uh Golden Ball uh trophy uh awarded to the best player uh in the tournament. Uh I I, I think Mbappe has has been playing such Spectacular football Yeheus. Uh I might give him a slight edge over uh over Hakimi in that matchup, uh, just based on his current form, and Hakimi uh, maybe maybe showing some signs of fatigue at this point, uh, but yeah, that should be a great matchup on Wednesday evening.
0: And lastly Sonny, uh one of those semifinal uh subplots surrounds Lionel Messi, so this is his chance to win the World Cup for the first time right i think i, I think there's a lot of sentimental
1: hope uh for messi uh as well as the Atlas Lions of morocco let us not forget that, but yeah, I think Messi, based on his uh pretty much a legendary career you have. Uh, 35 years old, and he he would like to maybe uh, do do what Diego Maradona did and and lift the World Cup trophy. Yes, uh, he's never done it. Uh, in fact, he's he's really won only one big trophy uh, with with the Argentine national team. That was the Copa America title uh, last year. So yeah, there's a lot of uh, A lot of support for Messi uh, as he tries to lift that World Cup.
0: Thank you, Sonny. And uh, that wraps up this edition of African News Tonight. On behalf of our producer, Mokmili Abaro, and our engineer, Bob Bass, thanks for choosing the Voice of America.